maybe we have done the um, like the salvation prayer, but have we really like given into like the Holy Spirit completely? And that was definitely kind of two different things for me was, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saved and I have the Holy Spirit in me, but I, I'm still holding on to a lot of my own stuff and trusting in myself. Welcome to the Point View Stories podcast, where we believe in sharing testimonies of Jesus transforming people who transform their world. My name's Joe Shannon, and I'm part of the leadership team here at Point View Church in Washington, Pennsylvania. We started this series to circulate memories of God's redemption in our community, to encourage us and increase our faith for what God will do in the future. So today I am joined by BJ Van Kirk, Bradley Jarrett. Jarrett? Jarrett. I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew Bradley. I didn't know Jarrett. Yes. Anyways, great to have you with us. Um, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Good, uh, Busy last couple of weeks, but just kind of warmer weather now. Warmer weather is nice. Getting outside, not having to plan on layers. You know, that's, yep. yeah, that's nice. That's good stuff. Yeah. So we're going to get right in with some quick fire questions. You ready? Ready. Okay. Favorite sport to play? Baseball. Play slash watch. Yeah. Still going with baseball. Baseball. Why? Grew up playing since I was six, and then coached. Also gave private baseball lessons. So Ooh. if anybody needs them. Yes. <laughs> 50% discount <laughs> using this code. Okay. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Avella, PA until I was 13, which is a super small town outside of Washington, and then moved into Washington when I was 13. Beautiful. What is the most memorable meal that you've had? Um, there's a restaurant in the Outer Banks called Tail of a Whale or Whale of a Tail, whichever way, I'm not sure. It, <laughs> it works, works both ways. It works both ways. <laughs> And they had a uh, a lemon uh, like salmon fillet. Oh wow! And and a uh, steak. freshly caught. Yes, yeah, probably not. <laughs> it might have been. How long did you wait for your food? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And um, but I remember going there, and it was yeah steak and uh, tuna, uh, regular steak, and then a tuna steak, potato. It was just so good. Very so, good. Yeah. Okay. Ideal vacation. That is a good question. I think ideal is just something low key. So whether it's uh, the beach or the mountains, something that is not super planned out as far as um, each day. So just you know, if we're going to the beach, I want to go to. The, I want to go to the beach. Very good. Last question: app that you use most on your phone? Yeah, I think probably Twitter. Or just my search, my Google search. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of things to find out. Yes. Luck to learn. Cool. Well, I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, I, I haven't really known you, BJ, that long, personally. Um, less than a year. So um, I always have lots of questions, but I'd love you to just kind of get us started. Uh, how did you come to find and follow Jesus? I grew up in a home that... Um, my mom was definitely the, the Christian, uh, leader in our home, but it was fairly inconsistent and not, uh, my dad's not real well connected. And as 
professed faith, but just hasn't grown really. And so there's been a bit of a disconnect there. So it was always just kind of go to church here and there. Um, it wasn't necessarily the place I wanted to be. And so coming to faith really was, uh, for me, uh, a special thing because I feel like it was really done on my own whenever I was a teenager at 16 of of having God just bring the right people into my life, my grandparents, a youth pastor, mentor, all kind of at the same time. And and God just revealing that, hey, there's this greater life I have for you that you don't know yet, even though I wasn't any, you know, this terrible person. I don't have this crazy like background, but um, it's just, there was something more and there were some other people and I, I could see them living for Jesus. And it seemed exciting, not just like this holier than thou, we don't do anything. We, we stay sheltered, but like they're really going after something. And so at 16, uh, coming to faith, uh, through, through some of those people was, was really in a special to me. Yeah. I mean, thinking about even that phrase, right. Coming to faith through some of those people, tell us more about the, the kind of people that you're around 16 years old. What, what was life like and, and how did these relationships you've had uh, kind of lead you to want to know more about this Jesus that they were telling you about? Yeah. Yeah. So pretty typical. We had grown up in the Washington area going to Trinity high school was yeah. And, very much involved with sports, baseball uh, was was the big thing for me. And just, I think I've always been someone that in, likes to be liked by a lot of people and <laughs> and just, and, and really can enjoy a wide range of people. So that was kind of probably what I was mostly uh, about was just being able to connect to you know, with as many people as I could, um, having a big friend group. Um, not that I was overly trying to impress anyone, but just like fitting in was kind of the, you know, the thing. And, um, and so that was kind of my, my mind space, you know, school sports friends and, and really just pursuing the things that I wanted in those things. And again, wasn't doing anything crazy or bad, or I was actually a fairly good kid. And, um, but yeah, definitely, my grandparents would have been the kind of the introductory route of uh, going to what I would have called my home church, but wasn't a place that I ever felt really connected to as more of like a religious sense, you know, of, of that's our church. And we, yeah, we go there every once in a while. And um, even whenever I remember when I was even younger with families going through hard stuff, it's just kind of where we went as a, as a shelter, like a safe Mm. space. And so that, it just had that type of um, just identity to me. And so my grandparents inviting me to, a, uh, a wild game dinner, which I enjoy hunting and fishing and things like that. So perhaps, you know, invites me to a wild game dinner. That's an easy, you know, yes for me. It's kind of a non-threatening situation. Enjoy, you know, deer and bear and geese, all these interesting things to eat. And um, so, so you know, I go to do that, have a good time. And for whatever reason, we picked up my grandma on my way home. And grandma's always looking for like an edge in, she's going to share the gospel with you. She's going to, she's going to share a Bible verse with you, like just in every situation, you know? And, um, and so she, she invited me, this would have been a Saturday night. Hey, do you want to come to church with us tomorrow? And being yeah, generally good kid. And, and I love my grandparents, you know, I just, yeah, you know, I'll go to church with you tomorrow. And just as a kind of as a, uh, a thank you type of response uh, to their generosity and caring and stuff like that. And I went to church the next week and I met the new youth pastor that kind of came in while I was not really, you know, uh, engaged there and met uh, Pastor Brian, uh, the youth pastor there. And and he just had a, a quick 
connection. And I remember him inviting me to youth group the, that night. And I just came up with some lame excuse, you know, oh, I got I got this or that, or I got it. And I just remember him saying, you know, that's fine. You know, we'll, maybe we'll catch you next time. So uh, we, got, we leave church. Grandparents say, do you want to go to Texas Roadhouse or wherever the place, the restaurant was? Of course, yeah, let's go eat. Go eat. That's really good. That's enjoyable. And then they, uh, before they drop me off at my house, hey, do you want to come to church again next week? And in my head is, well, if we're going to go like out to eat, if there's an Applebee's, <laughs> if there's, you know, Texas Roadhouse or at Robin, what? <laughs> hey, I'm there. I can do this. You know, I can hang with the grandparents, have some one-on-one time with them, which I love. And I can get some, some good food. And uh, afterwards on a Sunday, what else am I going to be doing? And so I go to church the next week for selfish reasons. <laughs> and thinking about the food. Just thinking about the, the food mainly. And uh, what am I, you know, what am I going to do later on? And uh, again, the youth pastor comes up to me. He remembers my name, which I think is a big deal. And he says, hey, I, you know, I'd love for you to come to youth group tonight. And before I could even kind of come up with some excuse, I, I hadn't prepared. He caught me off guard. <laughs> and, um, and he said, oh, great. We'll see you at six o'clock. And so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll check it out, you know. And, um, and I think my grandparents probably encouraged me as well in that way. I went to the youth group and I just remember it being a whole different dynamic than what I was used to in previous years. Just a lot more personable. Um, it seemed more uh, authentic as far as just like the 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 group dynamic and, and the pastor as well, him and I just had a kind of an immediate connection. And so I, I honestly just was one of those things, one of the, those, whether it was the Holy spirit, whether it was just God intervening some way, I'm not sure of, uh, Hey, this is a place you need to be. And it felt like, it felt like that. It's like, this is a place I want to be. This, this feels good for me. And, um, and so I just started going and I kind of never stopped. Uh, so that was kind of the, and at the same time I was through baseball, through some relationships. Um, my mentor, he was also kind of speaking to my life, strong Christian guy as well. And his son and I were same age and he was just pursuing Jesus and I could see that in his life. So I just feel like there were just like all these different parts happening. And then that was my connection place. In, and at that time that pastor kind of came into my life. So you could see other people pursuing Jesus and, and you knew there was something special about that, um, how has your own pursuit of Jesus developed over the years? Yeah, um, I think it. I think at a young age, it definitely was kind of like, let's let's start writing some wrongs. Let's kind of mm. kind of some sin management type of things. I think was maybe common with younger folks or just people coming to faith. You're just kind of looking to like honor God, whatever way. And, and I think a lot of times it just looks like what's right, what's wrong. Let's try to correct some of those things. So I think a lot of it was that. Um, and, and then I think just some of the, the teaching I started hearing of the ways of Jesus and seeing again, this authentic faith in front of me, whether it was through our youth pastor or my friend or his dad, or even a couple other people of seeing the way they led their life that just looked different than the world. And I think in those ways, it was just a heart of compassion, really going out of their comfort zones to care for people, um, just being willing to have real conversations that were outside of like, you know, how did the pirates do yesterday? Which was, I was like very much used to, it was just kind of those surface level type of conversations of, you know, like, how are, how are you actually doing? How's your heart? Um, what are the things you desire in life? How can I help you with those things? So those types of things of seeing those in other people, and then hearing more of the teaching of Jesus and seeing that there, there is a lost world and we have something to share with them. And I can kind of get more insight of that as I learn about Jesus, as I get discipled more. 
And honestly, I think one of the biggest things too was just starting to sacrifice, you know, that dying to self. Mm. I don't even know. I probably couldn't have described it as that at that, you know, those early formidable years of, of like 16 to 19, I think were some really big years for me. I don't, of, of just like less of me, more of Jesus. And I think the, the time I noticed it was, I remember being at one of my little brother's baseball games and my grandfather, um, on the other side of my family, who's not a Christian, he he used to be a car salesman, and my mentor had bought a car off him, and and they saw the last name, they made the connection, and I think my mentor had shared, you know, oh, BJ is just growing so much and changing, and and I, my pap, I remember talking to him, and he just like, what's like, what's so different? What's going on? And so there was like people seeing a change in me mm. as well, and I think that actually encouraged me. It wasn't like this, oh, look at me. It was just like okay, God's actually doing something and I, and it feels good. And so definitely the Holy Spirit driving in me through me of wanting to just care for people more and more. Mm. So when you think back on, on some of the things that have really shaped your life, is, are there some key moments uh, or events where you could say, man, God was, was really in the middle of that? Um, anything specific come to mind? Oh, man, there's a, there's a number of things, but... The, there was a big turning point for me whenever I was 22 and um, in in college, trying to pay for college myself. And my car stops working. I was going to school at Slipper Rock University for education or like uh, elementary education to be a teacher. And car just like I was on its last leg. It was a 96 uh, Jeep Cherokee. And just like, so it was just like, not, it was just like rusting out and just had all these issues. And so that was my way. I mean, for me to work, I had to be able to drive up there. And, um, and so I kind of just kind of threw up my hands and said, I guess I'm just going to stay home this semester. And that did not go well with my family <laughs> Did not go well with, with the girl I was dating at the time. She thought like, I was just like lost all purpose in life and everything like that. And she's like, I don't want to be a part of this. You're going to be a loser. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so like things kind of just came and really there was a couple years. So I'd mentioned before was 16 and 19 was, was so, uh, transformative for me. There were a couple of years in those college years where I kind of just plateaued and, and nowadays I would even say re regressed a bit. Cause it, you know, I just wasn't, I wasn't pursuing Jesus as much. It was kind of more about college and relationships and, and career type of stuff. And so church kind of went on the back burners, even though I was able to attend and, and, you know, speak the right words and everything in front of people. But um, I definitely stopped pursuing him as, as much as I was. And so whenever all that stuff came crashing down at 22, I was just like, all right, I'm home now. And I don't know what I'm going to do now. And, um, and so I just went back to that safe place of the church. And I remember just wanting to be with those people that would, would lift me up, that would encourage me. And I started helping with the youth group with pastor Brian at, the, you know, my, where I had went to youth group and church and stuff like that. And, um, I think just over that next year, so then in 2010 into the 2011, he, uh, I just started helping him so much going on all the different, uh, trips, being a chaperone and stuff like that. And he offered me a job to come on staff to be the, uh, youth ministry coordinator, you know, and God really, it was just like, like reawakening in me and go, okay, this, this is the thing God is like, okay, you, you have your eyes on me now. And, and it just became, even though I remember I wasn't making like any money, I wasn't really like nothing. Would, I, I felt like I wasn't moving forward in like the, um, all the important ways that we see in life. I had friends that were starting to graduate college and this and that. And 
even though that stuff wasn't happening, I still felt fully, completely fulfilled. I felt like God had me right where he wanted me. And uh, I had a lot of confidence in him at then at that point and really started growing, I think in even more ways rather than just the sin management, but of actually uh, learning what it meant to, to live by the, you know, with the Holy spirit in us to be able to um, live outside of, you know, the ways that I was used to. So I'm, I'm curious, what, what do you wish you had realized sooner or, or what would you tell people who maybe haven't experienced a close relationship with Jesus for themselves? So I'm thankful that I was able to come and to know Jesus um, earlier in life compared to much later. So, you know, there's some people that it's really, you know, maybe on their deathbed or not till they, you know, have kids or grandkids or whatever it may be that they come to know Jesus later. And it's almost like they feel like they missed out on so much. For me, I just, sometimes I just watch people that I'm, I'm like praying for contending for them to come to faith. I just wish they would know more of what this life with Jesus feels like, what it's, what he brings into our life. And, and then, yeah, it's not, it's not about, you know, all of a sudden that we're able to, you know, get everything corrected as far as finances or relationships, but to be able to know that we are fulfilled in him and to be able to have this place of contentment in the Lord um, rather than constantly needing to be pursuing something else, check, ch- you know, chasing something else. Um, so the frustration for me comes into, cause I forget that myself, um, just in, in seasons of life, you know, where I do get focused on other areas. I'm like, Oh no, God, like what, what did you have for me in that, those moments? Cause I really wasn't looking for you. And, and Jesus, I know, I know you would have given me, you know, greater insight to, to this or that. And so I would encourage those that haven't fully you know, submitted themselves, committed their lives to Jesus. Um, and maybe we have done the, um, like the salvation prayer, but have we really like given into like the Holy Spirit completely? And that was definitely kind of two different things for me was, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saved and I have the Holy Spirit in me, but I, I'm still holding on to a lot of my own stuff and trusting in myself rather than, and it's still, right? That's still that like turning more into Jesus of giving into the Holy Spirit more and more. But I feel like it definitely had those moments where it just was like, okay, I get it. You know, at least now, <laughs> at least at this point. As we close out this episode today, just have a think about that for yourself. When we take the time to hit the pause button and and think about our life following Jesus. If, if we really look closely, are we actually still holding on to a lot of our own stuff? Is it convenient for us to follow Jesus simply because we made it convenient? We only let Jesus into the parts of our lives that, that we really want to give up or we're willing to give up. Do we surrender something, but not everything. And this isn't about feeling bad or or pointing out the list of things we're not doing well. But maybe we've heard the phrase before, Jesus wants our whole heart, not just the pieces that we're willing to give up. And I know sometimes our response can be, well, it's easier said than done. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, maybe I just need to let some time pass. But really, I think we struggle to know how to actually let go of things in our lives. We can say we surrender and and live a different way. We can sing, I surrender all with tears streaming down our face, but then we go back 
And I would just encourage you that maybe it starts with giving up a smaller piece that you know you're holding on to. Sometimes we can get overwhelmed by making such drastic change and forget that God is patient and He is pursuing us. When you wake up in the morning, do you turn to your phone rather than talking to the God who created you? Or when you get home, you unplug and watch something just so you can fill the space and escape the day that you've just had. It might be your finances that you haven't fully surrendered or it's people that you haven't reached out to in a while because you're just not sure how much you can tolerate them. Or something so specific to you that you can't stop thinking about that's maybe coming to mind right now. So as a challenge today, I just invite you to ask God, what is one thing that I can surrender? What is one thing that has turned into a distraction that has become part of my habits that actually takes me away from the daily devotion to the King of my life, the Lord of my loves? And see what it looks like to bring that thing to God. Let him fill that space and see what happens. Thanks for joining us today on the Point View Stories podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So leave a comment or send us a message on any of our online channels. Make sure you follow or subscribe to this podcast so you can get notified when we release the next episode. If you have a story of God's transformation in your life, whether it was how you came to follow Jesus or a more recent event, please reach out so we can help spread God's story. Check out pointviewchurch.com to find out more information on our community.